Hi everyone, welcome to The Human Show, proudly presented and supported by worldpodcast.com. Here we explore the relationships between people, technology and business. Join us on this journey where we interview anthropologists, other researchers and industry people from all over the world, from India to Kenya, US, Europe, to right back here in New Zealand. Hi friends, in today's episode we are talking to Amina Sulimani and Minyele Nkube, doctoral research fellows at HUMA and speakers at the Responsibility Summit happening on May 20 and 21st, 2021. We are happy to have Amina and Minyele with us, sharing their research insights and pursuits as well as motivation to be part of the summit. They share the questions currently sitting at the center of their research. What does context mean for data mining and machine learning? How can we think of algorithms as main interlocutors of research? There is a general lack of locally produced data for AI systems building. So how can we approach the issue of algorithms that are being dumped on African populations? And how are the investors' geographical inclinations dictating AI development in developing localities? As beautifully put by one of our speakers, online conferencing has broken the borders. Thus, we are curious to know what do they expect this open landscape to bring to their professional lives. Listen to hear the reflections to all of the questions raised above and more. We hope you enjoy it. Hi, friends. We are here today with Amina and Mimi. Hi, Amina. Hi, Mimi. Hi. Hi, Karina. Hi, Amina. Nice to be here with you both. Hi, Karina, and hi, Mimi. Good morning, and very happy to be here. I have asked you both to, to join me on this conversation as you are both speakers at the uh, Responsibility Summit happening in a few weeks' time. Um, but before we go into the, the content of, um, of your topic, I'd like to ask you if it's possible to tell me and our listeners a little bit about yourselves and, and your path um, so far. Uh, sure. Well, uh, my name is Amina, as, as you said, and I was born and raised in Morocco, which is where I'm calling from now. Um, I grew up there and I, and I grew up with so many interests, but I guess technology wasn't necessarily one that I really reflected upon or pursued. So I knew how to work around machines and computers, but I never thought that I, um, that I was like unique or out of the ordinary for learning it by myself. So I, I followed a humanities path throughout high school. I did a year of exchange um, in the United States when I was 16. I think that was the breakthrough when I discovered that, I, that I'm so hungry and thirsty for experiences that are outside of my comfort zone. Um, so right after high school, I, I did uh, social sciences at the African Leadership University in Mauritius, which was a little island that not a lot of people know how, where to locate or how to locate it. Um, and just last year, I did an MSc um, in social anthropology at LSE. And I think that's when I really fell in love with anthropology, um, realizing that it could be a place where I can, where I can be curious in a very accepted way um, and not you know, feel that I'm being judged by, by people around me for, for my, what can end up being intense questions. Um, so I'm excited, I was excited to be part of a space um, that, you know, was really keen on rethinking how anthropology is done in the world. I think 
um, I, in as much as I fell in love with anthropology, I was having a hard time reconciled with orthodox and classic anthropology. And that actually brought me to HUMA, where I'm doing my PhD today in South Africa. So HUMA is the um, Institute for Humanities in Africa, located at the University of Cape Town. And to be honest, I, I feel like when I was looking for instructive space, I was ready to dive in whichever topic uh, was going to be thrown at me. So I guess I was, I was ready to take or to dive into the adventure. So I'm very, very new to thinking around the intersections of health and technology. And it's exciting, but it's not necessarily a disruption from my previous research, which focused on the aftermath of war and the economies of abandonment um, of bodies within war processes, specifically looking at uh, French internment camps um, where Algerian soldiers were, were basically forgotten and thrown uh, in after the, the victory of the Algerian war. Um, so I think that's, that's a bit about my, about my trajectory and how I, I came to be a human. Thank you, Amina. What about you, Mimi? My name is Minenhle Ngwe, and I'm from the city of Bulawayo in Zimbabwe, where I grew up. I currently live in the Netherlands, where I work as an applied anthropologist. So my education background uh, began at the University of Cape Town, where I did my bachelor's and, uh, and master's in the social sciences. Initially, anthropology was um, a minor, an elective, during my uh, first few years as a student, and I took it up as an, uh, a major subject for my honors and my master's where I did research on uh, tuberculosis and early childhood in um, Matabil and South, an area that I have paternal networks with. And having done um, research there and understanding the, complex, the complexities of development, I went on to pursue another master's, the Advanced Master's um, of Cultural and Development Studies in Leuven, where I spent a year uh, studying about uh, you know, the, the paradigms of development, the complexities of development, and just how difficult it is to solve developmental issues in the global south. I had intended to pursue a PhD immediately after my master's, but I ended up being in, um, in the Netherlands, um, joining a startup at a, with a startup incubator in Eindhoven, where I'm working with a team of scientists um, at Innerflex to uh, build a photocatalytic nanomaterial to combat air pollution. And uh, throughout the year, the past year in the Netherlands, I've really, really been inspired by the co-creation that uh, exists between different professionals, between the social sciences and um, the, the hard sciences as well. There isn't much dialogue happening, though, between social sciences and the hard sciences in, in Eindhoven, as compared to say the UK and North America, which is what motivated me to uh, uh, to attend the the responsibility conference in in 2020, formerly known as uh, the Antec conference. So that was a chance for me to really have a conversation with technologists and uh, and 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 other specialties. And uh, that further inspired me to, to, to speak more about my current research in, in this year's conference. So I'm also uh, um, 
a researcher at Huma. I work with Amina. And um, I've been contemplating being a part of Huma for very, very long. There, there's a lot of gaps in research um, that need to be taken up by social scientists to study the ethics of artificial intelligence. There's already so much uh, a theory and, and practical work that's being done in the, in the Western countries uh, you know, on technology, but there's little that's being explored in, in, in developing countries, which is what I'm concerned about. So, yeah, this, that's, that's a bit about me. And um, I really enjoy the, the cohort at Huma because it's, it's, it potentially would lead to a greater uh, research inquiry on technology in Africa that's emerging and what it means for the development of the continent. Mimi, can you can you tell me and our listeners a little bit more about Huma? So Huma is the Institute for Humanities in Africa, um, located within the Humanities Faculty at uh, the University of Cape Town. It was launched in 2010, and it fosters top-end academic research and and draws on its work to nurture a critical public debate to promote the university's uh, vision of itself as a civic and Afropolitan university. And um, another thing is that some of its works include knowledge activism. Um, we have seminars, workshops and conferences, public engagement, all of which have a mission to provide intellectual leadership in an interdisciplinary and transnational research in, in many key issues that think on the human in Africa and Africa's place in thinking and producing the world. So that's human in a nutshell. And it has uh, currently has various strategic research groups that with researchers from across the continent, which is very exciting. And that it, it just basically invigorates, you know, independent and critical public debate. Wonderful. Um... I wanted to 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 ask both of you to to share what 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 you can share at this moment about the the topic that you will be speaking to at the at the summit. What can you tell me and our listeners um, into the topic? Okay, so my topic for the conference unpacks the various questions I've had with regards to technology that's designed for people and those marginalized. So I'll be speaking about the digitization of healthcare and AI, the ethics of AI in a region uh, that has a colonial past. So given the more emphasized uh, or more lean towards digitized tools uh, during COVID-19, during our COVID-19 pandemic, I anticipate that the future of hospitalization is changing, not just in the developed world, but also in developing countries. And the big question I have, uh, especially for my PhD, is what uh, what this might mean um, for sourcing big data and data mining and machine learning um, in in countries with uh, technological inequality. And also uh, a question I, I want to unpack is re regards policy and governance in Africa. You know uh, um, how effective it is to limit or encourage. AI technology growth that impacts on development on the continent. So in, that, in a nutshell, that's what I will be talking about. And especially, I'll, I'll also uh, um, contextualize this discussion on my field sites that will be Zambia and the DRC, both of which have economic uh, relation, you know, 
because of the, the copper belt. Um, I will be looking at how technology is growing there, what AI, how AI is understood and how it's being uh, contextualized in those two countries and what uh, the future of technology might be in Central and Southern Africa. What about you, Amina? Thank you. Um, so in my talk, I'm, I'm really hoping to speak a little bit about what it means to question deeply the ways in which we chose to go about um, anthropological research. So anthropologists have always um, or often been known for reflexivity and rethinking positionality um, and about how the place from which you stand shapes the kind of questions you have and even potential outcomes or, or theories. So I'm hoping to speak from a decolonial stance because for the past four years, I've taken a journey with a couple of classmates and strangers to, to hold a decoloniality reading group and to be in correspondence with authors, with theorists, uh, with knowledge uh, producers that are not necessarily centered within the Anglophone Academy and that are still wouldn't be centered. So my talk would be around how it is important to think about the assemblages of, of AI within healthcare beyond, beyond that which we know. Um, and I'm really keen on diving into um, unpacking how algorithms are understood uh, why it's important to, to think about how they're being developed and how does the data circulate, but also think about the entanglement um, of these AI technologies within cancer research, which is uh, what my PhD focuses on, um, how these assemblages and networks uh, where cancer research is at the heart of, um, which are powered by AI, um, how large and and, and expanded um, they are. So really thinking that they are not bound um, within time or space and thinking around the importance of um, decentering the way we've always thought about going about research in regards to our subjects or points of departures. And so I'm thinking about Morocco um, how is the data being, that is being collected on, um, how is the genomic data that is being collected by cancer research institutions, how is it being circulated and how is it uh, plotted within larger networks of surveillance capitalism? What does it mean for a foreign country to, to have hold of a certain population's genomic data? So how can we think about it in larger networks um, and how can we think of the algorithm as, uh, as the main interlocutor within the research? Wonderful. Thank you. Um, one question to, to both of you. What, what are you expecting from the conference yourselves, from the, from the summit? You speak about an, uh, critical topics and critical issues. And, and I, I wonder what would be for you... Um, Something that at the end of the summit you would say, yes, this was this was time well spent. What I what I what I, what I expect from the conference is, um, I mean, having attended the previous one in 2020, I would expect participants to have a bigger awareness of the inequalities technology has, not just in developed countries but in uh, developing countries. The previous conference last year. Um, had topics that were contextualized, you know, 
in Western Europe and the US, which is fantastic. But none of those conversations ventured to what's happening, say, in Africa, which is what I and my colleagues would like to bring to the table. We'd like to bring awareness of the emerging technology that's happening on the continent, the inequalities um, that are present, and um, the relationship between technology and policy and governance in Africa that impact on development and AI ethics. That's, that's what I expect to bring, you know, the awareness. But also I'd like to learn a lot more from, you know, um, what people are presenting and um, how we might shape the future of, um, of ethics and technology in various spaces. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with, with what Mimi has said. I think on my end, I am really excited to, to be part of a space that really agrees that um, there should no longer be domaining of disciplines, that anthropology should be speaking to to other folks outside of the anthropological academy. Um, and I've, I, I think it is, the way I see it is um, an incredible manifestation of what public anthropology can do for the world. Um, and that's something that I've been thinking about for for the longest time or mainly for the past two years. And I'm really glad because I got to, to know about the conference through Mimi. So I'm really happy to to be sharing um, about uh, the research topic that I'm doing, but also listening to, to individuals who are thinking along the same lines, especially um, what it means to, to think about the ethics of AI, which a lot of folks in the private sector aren't really taking um, seriously. Um, before we move to the next part, which is kind of slightly moving away from your conference topic and into the participants and the uh, summit itself, I wanted to ask, listening to the projects that you are busy with and, and the topic of the summit, it's, it, it, it struck me as a curiosity to explore with you, how, how do you see uh, this inquiry into the space of ethics, do you do you see it intersecting also an inquiry in power systems? Like Like whose ethics are we talking about, you know? Because most of the AI or, or these kind of big algorithms that are created from, from positions of, 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 of extreme privilege, positions that are not necessarily inclusive. So AI uh, ethics can also become a kind of a, how do you call that, like a, like a, like a shield, like a justification, right? That you say, I have power, uh, but therefore I must be ethical. But but how do you talk about ethics? Uh, with, how can you talk about ethics if you're not talking about the power disbalance of those that actually produce the technology itself? It's a bit of a Mandarin question. Sorry for not being sharper with it. Uh, but yeah, if, would any of you would like to, to comment on that one? What comes to mind is really, um, yes, I think it is definitely a question around power and about um uh, something that Mimi keeps keeps repeating during our seminars, which I really enjoy listening to it because it really brings an emphasis on this specifically, is, is thinking around these algorithms that are just being, quote-unquote, dumped uh, in the midst of, of African populations. So algorithms that were not necessarily tailored for, for us here on the African continent, considering it's um, its various populations, considering its respective countries. Um, and I think there's a lot of negotiations that people who are who are uh, the end users are not taking part of. So they're not the ones negotiating 
uh, the ways in which these algorithms are affecting their lives and the way AI is going to shape their lives. Um, I'm, I'm thinking about the case of Morocco here. It's very much a national uh, governmental project. It's very political because it is. it comes framed within uh, this development um this for 21st century development goal and projects, which is still overshadowed by France, considering France's hegemony on Moroccan politics. And, you know, just thinking about the amount of companies that are investing in the Moroccan uh, public health sector and private sector um, and their connections with, with France. And it's really interesting to see this articulation of neo-colonial um, arbitrary use of um, soft soft power being um, being put on the ground and I think the population doesn't have a say and I think that's that's where things um, get get very messy because when you are promised um, you know access to 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 a better health care um, as someone who hasn't been, part of um, a public health structure that is solid or that is able to provide good care, um, you're excited, you're looking forward, but it's it stops there and no one is given the actual answers of what is at stake. Um, and I think that's also a really important conversation to be had within uh, this realm of ethics and its intersections with power and whose agency is not taken into consideration and whose agency is really pushed away. That's it. Oh, I got goosebumps. Thank <laughs> you for this wonderful answer, Amina. Like this is this is something that it's it's so like uh, agency and power and how do this algorithm ulti ultimately can contribute to uh, to further uh, um, you said a further inequality in in society rather than push us towards a more um, redistributed um, system. I I think that there's a, a, a good connection uh, between power and ethics as Amina has described so wonderfully. Um, because from what I see from my uh, work as an applied anthropologist uh, in Eindhoven is that most startups pitch ideas or business models that are in line with what investors are wanting to see. And most of these investors are uh, people that have, you know, huge capital and power in society, and they essentially indirectly dictate what technology should be successful. And with that being said, it just means that, that such innovations are designed to suit the preferences of, of investors it, there's a question of, okay, might there be some bias with regards to where this technology is going? I know that most investors in the Netherlands would, inv especially if you're coming from a, a, a startup incubator locally, they would invest, they're likely to invest in technology that serves Western Europe. Of course, this isn't to say that they would not invest in technology that serves other countries, no, but there's a, there's a heavy lean towards investing in technology that serves our, the current geographical location. And that limits the, 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 the potential of, of 
innovating for, let's say, uh, a developing country. There are a few startups doing that, but they struggle to, to get funding because their investors aren't really interested in, 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 in technology that serves a, a different geo geographical location. So I, that, that's the power I see in, uh, with regards to you know, innovation. I wanted to ask uh, both of you, um, now looking into the, into the summit itself, what type of, let's say, what type of profile of participants would you um, expect or would you desire? What type of, what type of people would you, would you wish to engage um, with the work that you are, that you are doing? Um, thank you for that question. I think I'm definitely interested in engaging with um, anthropologists who have been working on the anthropology of algorithms, so who have been doing the research um, that that we want to look into. Um, I'm also interested in uh, listening and learning from researchers who've been uh, working on public health and uh, data management. So those are two um, topics which I'm interested in due to my to my field research. But I'm also I'm also interested to learn from everyone, if that makes sense, because I believe as as a new PhD student, um, I feel like there's so much that I don't know. And when you're reading about two or four topics, you're very um, narrowed in in the ideas. And I think spaces um, such as the, the the responsibility conference are are really ones that help expand the various arguments that I've may have already developed um okay not arguments not at this point um but just perspectives um that I have and I think it's really important to to have that consideration and on the other hand I think it would be really interesting to get perspectives from various places so I think I'm, I'm really looking forward to hearing from researchers who've been focused on the global north and others who've been focusing on the global south, considering the disparity in experiences um, and just maybe perhaps tracking patterns. Well, I hope to be interacting and learning from a range of expertise at the conference, hoping to speak to technologists, anthropologists and other specialties on what they think about AI and technology generally and what needs to be done or what could be done to improve the inclusivity of, of this, this very complex thing. And just because, also because I'm a PhD student as well, I, I would like to, to, to be inspired by what people say and, and bring that knowledge in my own project in, in, in really having a deeper understanding of, of what the ethic of how to understand the ethics of AI in a developing world. And I hope that uh, research, not just my own research, but Amina's and the rest of the human team would be able to, to create a big awareness and, and, and more impact in the world of AI ethics discussion, especially from developing countries. Wonderful. And and maybe one last question before we uh, we close this off, because um, this has been a year of uh, Zoom calls or Microsoft Teams calls or whatever platform calls and, and many, many conferences, many 
places of engagement. Um, I wonder what, what do you what do you think is valuable in the summits that that would um, that would be worthwhile taking the time to to participate. I think that despite the challenges COVID nineteen has uh, has brought to us, we I appreciate that we can we can all convene on an online space regardless of where we are, which is what the conference is doing. So essentially, the borders have kind of been broken with with online conferencing, which is great. We get to speak to people in, in North America and in the UK, Australia, and different parts of the world on, on, on these topics. And that's, that's what I appreciate with our current situation with Zoom and, and conference talks, etc. Yeah, I definitely agree with Mimi, especially as uh, a holder of a Moroccan passport, mobility isn't as, as fluid. Um, and I think I, I must say that I'm drained of visa processes uh, and applying and having to justify my legitimacy uh, as a human being who needs to be in a place um, at a certain time and having to wait for that humanity to be validated. So I think um, I, I loved uh, Mimi's metaphor, the borders have been broken and I think it's important to to keep on creating spaces such as these, even after the borders open beyond COVID or after COVID, um, because it really means that a lot of people who may have complications get into certain spaces as academics and as researchers can still attend and can still be able to, to join in an active and participatory manner. Yeah, that 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 is a that is quite a quite an important point. I think we 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 struggle with this at the podcast too, and I think you know how do you create spaces where you show more the diversity of of, of scholarship of work that exists uh, with outside of the world, and not not make it so Western centric. So um, I I I I definitely see this point in conferences. Just by the fact that they are physical or they were physical mostly until now, they they just make this uh, inequality even stronger. Uh, any last thoughts that um, any of you or both of you would like to give to our uh, to our listeners before we um, round it off? I wanted to say that it's timely and uh, really overdue to have spaces that are interdisciplinary for anthropologists to think about infrastructures, about social infrastructures and political infrastructures with the people who are actually building them and to be actually in conversations and to co-create um, and to also be able to speak back to them about what is flawed without them being lost in terms of how we write things or how to read what we write in the right, um, not in the right, but in the most accurate way. And I think this is something that I, that I really admired um, and was really inspired uh, by uh, when reading uh, the works of David Graeber, especially when thinking about inequalities and it's just been really interesting to carry on that legacy as part of his last uh, supervisees at LSE. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been interesting for me to, to think around that and to think about the importance of 
being a public anthropologist and diving into topics which are which are really affecting everyone and anthropology and realizing that anthropology is not uh, only you know these individual or anthropologists are not these individuals who would go to tribal settings and you know study um, their you know shamans and so on so I think I'm excited to be part of the space because yeah I'll take it as an initiation right into being a public anthropologist and bringing in the work of Huma which is really doing amazing work in, in for Africa. Yes, I, I I completely agree with Amina. And just to add on on what she just said is 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 that these conversations are happening at a very important time, um, just for people to realize um, the importance of anthropology beyond the academic uh, tradition, um, its potential engagement with technology and innovation. Um, and to see anthropology beyond theory and see it as something that uh, uh, people are, are, are practicing. Um, we see labels now such as business anthropology, design anthropology, digital anthropology. Um, and, and this is where applied anthropologists are working in, in various technological industries to solve uh, uh, um, contemporary problems. And I'm very excited to, to join um, the summit to have this conversation on what the, the current and future anthropology uh, is looking like. We can obviously see that there is a transformation happening in the discipline beyond its traditional academic fabric. And as anthropologists, we have so much potential to, to impact on developmental and innovative processes. I see that uh, even in my own work in 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 uh, in the Netherlands, there is a serious lack of social scientists working in innovation. And if there had been more soft skills in, in innovation, I think technology will go so much further in incorporating people that are marginalized, whether it be in, in software development or hardware development. So I'm very excited for this conversation that that's all and, and future conversations of this sort that are currently happening. Wonderful. Um, thank you so much, Mimi and Amina, for being with me today. And I really look forward to listening to your uh, work at the summit. Thank you so much, Corina. And thank you for organizing this uh, podcast. And I guess your podcast is also an archive for us to, to look back into and to, you know, listen to and learn from. Uh, so we're really glad to, to have met you. Yes. Thank you so much, uh, Corina, for your invitation to speak. Uh, at this podcast and we really look forward to joining you at the Responsibility Summit. Thank you for listening everyone. Follow us on our social media channels and look at the show notes for links to our speakers work. Join us next time for more interesting conversations.